In a world run by mad men, expect to see some mad women. From bodily autonomy to parenting dynamics to workplace standards, women everywhere are fed up. If you're one of them, you've come to the right place because we're about to set that kitchen they put us in on fire. Die mad about it. Welcome to Die Mad About It. It's the show where we tell Doug to fuck off and he will dies mad about it. We're your host, Brooke, aka the Truthful G, and I'm with Amy, the president of We Mad. And we have special guest speakers today that I'm really excited to have on. It's Running with Scissors and Potty Mouth Pollyanna from TikTok. And would you guys both introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? We'll start, we'll go ahead and start with Mandy. Hey everyone, this is Mandy or Potty Mouth Pollyanna. Uh, I like to make men on my internet mad <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Um, and you'll find me residing in Wisconsin with my three dogs and my three kids. We were Very good. The first, but <laughs> <laughs> is it though? <laughs> Not really. And then running with scissors, how would you like us to call you today? Or what, what are you, what are you all about? You can just call me Siobhan. It's fine. Okay. It's honestly, it's like, whatever. Okay. <laughs> Siobhan's very laid back. Follow her TikTok and smoke a joint. Follow her TikTok. Uh, if you hate men, follow Mandy and Siobhan. Your yeah. life will be very good. Um, so today, today's episode, we're kind of centering around why white women white so hard. Um, with uh, why are white women so comfortable with the patriarchy? When does it, when it does nothing for them? Examples would include Roe v. Wade, amongst other things. Why do white women continue to put up with and promote blatant misogyny and oppression against women when it's clearly not serving them? So I'll let y'all do your hot takes on that. I don't know, Amy, do you want to go first real quick? Yeah, sure. You know what I've seen time and time again with videos of these white women that are constantly speaking against feminists, for example, because they don't understand the simplicity of what feminism actually means, which is literally just uh, you know, equality, equity for both men and women, same footing. That's literally the grounds of it all. But they want to shout purple hair, angry, lesbian, feminist, blah, 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 um, and paint an ugly picture. But it actually is working for them uh, in terms of male attention. Um, and unfortunately, I feel like these women, sadly, are um, very, very not only ingrained in the misogyny themselves, but they truly believe deep down that men are the end all and be all, and they won't survive without men. And so it is that pick me mentality. Um, and I think they're really catering to men because they feel like they need that sort of attention. You know, just like children, sometimes they will attempt in any way to get attention, whether it be negative or positive. Um, and, and, you know, I, I see that with these women too. Yeah. I mean, Siobhan, I've heard you talk about on your TikTok how white women will excuse anything for comfort. Um, some people talk about how it's a hierarchy issue but maybe you would say it's more so uh, no autonomy outside of their counterparts. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. For me, I've been, it's something that I've actually done like kind of like an internal deep dive on my own internalized, um, my own internalized misogyny that uh, I may or may not have, uh, you know, addressed, you know, um, ones that I have and ones that I haven't. And now that I've reflected and, and know that they're there. Um, I can, I can kind of analyze that a little bit more, but 
I, I, I think the major problem with white women is the fact that a lot of us, um, a lot of us completely separate uh, racism and the patriarchy, and they think that they're two completely separate issues, um, and that one can be dealt with while the other one is ignored and put to the side. And yeah. we've seen time and time again that, like, obviously that is not the case. Um, it doesn't make sense to keep doing it this way, but we do. And um, so, because of that, I think you know, all this performative, um, all this performative anti-racism and whatnot, none of it makes sense because in the same breath, so many of these, you know, white women who are like anti-racist and selling all these, you know, fucking cups and stuff um, in church, they perpetuate the patriarchy in the same breath. And so it's like, you know, you hang a BLM flag, but, you know, in the same breath, like you're perpetuating, you know, all these misogynistic things, like calling other women, you know, and doing all these things. And so because they can't recognize that those things are one and the same, because people forget the patriarchy came before white supremacy. The patriarchy has been there long before white supremacy, historically. So um, white women are the worst because they have the closest proximity to whiteness. So in the patriarchy, they're going to try and survive. Just to feed off of your, and not to cut you off, I'm so sorry, okay. just to kind of feed off of that, the whole point of um, privilege and how white women are not willing to see it for what it is, because I think white women see privilege as you're saying that their struggles weren't their struggles, or you're taking something away from them. When you're saying you were just born into privilege, white women are offended um, a lot of times thinking, well, I, I had to struggle. I worked really, really hard. Well, that that's not what we're talking about when, when we're talking about privilege. We're talking about not having struggles based on just the color of your skin. We're mm -hmm. talking about privilege because your skin is white. So you have access to things that other people don't have access to. And they're just, I think they're unwilling to see that. What do you think about that, Mandy? Well, I think what, you know, we have to really look at is, as you said, you know, the patriarchy has been around well, forever, essentially, right? The, the whole concept of masculinity is that they're superior, they're stronger, they're bigger, they can do the things that women can't. And femininity is meant to weaken us in a way. Um, and one of the tools that they have used, and I, for me, I think in terms of like how they've really marketed this whole, I mean, really the, the patriarchy is so well marketed, right? Yeah. Uh, it, it, it sells people on it, is that they've convinced women to fight amongst themselves and to compete against each other for yeah, that attention, that. Oh, to yeah. capitalize on on the patriarchy, especially white women, that that's where we see so many white women who will fight against feminism because they want that ultimate pick me. And they have been able, they have done such a great job at convincing women that we are each other's enemies, so that we are not focused on who the real enemy is. And unfortunately, that that stems generational, right? That's that's a that's a really difficult generational. Uh, you know, thing to break. You see it in, in, you know, young girls are taught to compete against each other versus, you know, you know, coming together and fighting against, you know, the patriarchy, because as long as they keep us, you know, fighting against each other, calling each other out, you know, somebody mentioned like the blue hairs and, the, and, and they got the piercings and the tattoos and the, and uh, feminists, as long as they keep us doing that, we're never going to make, we're never going to be able to get past that. And in particular within white women, we are, you know, I would say we are, we are top tier at fighting within each other across, you know, 
the globe, but especially in the United States. Well, that actually brings us like into our next discussion point of like the origin of like, I mean, there's a lot of people who will say that the patriarchy is marketed via the Bible and that's true and churches and religions in general. And this is kind of where I start to insert my own personal like hot take on things. Like I used to be a conservative. I used to be a Republican. And there was, as Shabana said, a lot of like dismissing of things that were blatantly wrong because I was excusing that for my own personal comfort. And I didn't want to, and I want to make it very clear to the listeners at home, like none of the women that are here today are here to say not all white women. Uh, I think that if you're at home and you're wondering if you're a part of the problem, that's the first step because you are, you're born racist, you're born misogynist. Like this is the society that we're indoctrinated into. And you need to just not say not all white women and not get offended and you need to just set the example that's what we're here to do today we're just trying to work through this and see you know now help people understand that it is and i'm not making excuses these are just facts there are cases where it's an ignorance issue for me growing up in rural midwestern nebraska there was not representation shown of women not acting this way and there wasn't when you know better you do better. And I know that Google exists and it's not POC's job to educate us, but it's not our job to educate men. <laughs> so, but you do need to educate yourself. Drew Afflo actually says, she's like, it's not your fault if you're born with internalized misogyny, but if you die like that, that's on you. And so that's what I would have to insert into, you know, how white women get to be where they're at is they're conditioned into it. And, um, but the origin of white women behind the patriarchy would be like Mandy was referencing that there, there wasn't autonomy outside of the white man until the seventies, like couldn't have bank accounts. You get fired for being pregnant. We still see women getting fired for being pregnant. And since we're free from a lot of those constraints now, why do you think this nonsense continues? What, what are we doing with Pickney's like Lauren, Lauren Boebert and Marjorie Taylor Green? I mean, what do you think Siobhan, you go first. Um, Well, I think a lot of it has to do with like there's within, um, you know, there's so many different like nuances and and, like the patriarchy itself is just so like complicated and convoluted. Um, But like with people, you know, the the Lauren Boeberts and, and, you know, those women of the world, a lot of that, you know, they're part of that whole alpha male culture and all of that. And one thing that's really interesting um, that that only I've only ever seen in white males like where they demand this type of loyalty um because above all out above everything else like they can drop the ball they can drop the hammer and what's so messed up about that is you know loyalty is not is not um always being there no matter what no matter how egregious the crime no matter how egregious um they hurt you like it's just no matter what you're always there and that's not what loyalty is and um that's something that white women don't understand um loyalty is it's a tremendous mutual respect for another and for each other's boundaries and it's always supporting each other and each other's endeavors and when you have you know this alpha male you're never supported because you're always supporting him and that's not respect that's servitude yeah um and i think because there's this mentality that is ingrained and then you have religion to back that up to have that loyalty like that whole culture of it um that's i 
it's, you know, women, white women have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of work to do. Yeah. What say you, Mandy? So even though now since the seventies, yeah, we do have access to a lot more. We also still have things like daughters of the Confederacy, right? We still have these incredibly strong facets of religion and these that are continuing that sort of generational idea of what a woman's place is. And as white women, we are in close proximity to the ultimate power in this country, which is white men. So, you know, they're going to want, they, they align themselves and they are taught this from a young age, you know, and every prince and princess story, we are taught to align yourself with the most powerful, the most affluent. And in this country, that's white men. And if you are a white woman, you are a million steps closer to that than anybody else. So you're, you know, and it is comfort. It is learning to, it is, it is trying to capitalize on that without recognizing how damaging that is and how, how these men owe you no loyalty to your point with loyalty. Women who, who are aligning themselves like the Lauren Boberts and the Marjorie Taylor Greens are going to be just quick, just as quickly out of a job when they get exactly the things they're advocating for, right? Absolutely. Like, They'll be the first like, ones to be pushed off a cliff. I say it all the time. You're not in their club. It's a big club and you're not in it. You think right. you are. And it's, and then I, you know, we have, as white women, we have a lot of work to do. And I just wanted to touch on, you mentioned, we absolutely are not saying that all white women. And I feel like sometimes when we are speaking to, to this sort of stuff online, you'll get that. And I always encourage women. I said, remember how you feel when you get the not all men crowd, right? You'll hear those, well, not all men. And our answer is okay, but it's all men until it's no men. So I always sort of approach my internalized misogyny my bad behaviors, you know, that I don't always in, are not intentional as it is all white women till it's no white women, right? Until, until we have, we have managed to shift that tide. Um, and I think we have to continue that. And so I'll even check in with myself and be like, you're not going to be the not all men all on, on this. Like, don't be that person. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ultimately, I think it, and it works for them. Look at the power some of these women are in by aligning with, with white men. But again, as you said, they're going to be the first ones out as yeah, soon as they get I gotta, And I got to think deep, deep down, they're absolutely miserable. You know, if you could really like so. peel away the layers of that onion, there's no way there's true happiness. But I'm not even sure they recognize how, what happiness would look like because I think they are measuring their identity and their success based on which man picks them. It's very superficial. The yeah. lifestyle oh, I was in was very, very superficial. And I think, Shimon, you, you, I don't remember if you were a former conservative or not, or what is your history on that? I remember you telling me that your dad was like just super radicalized. Well, no, yeah, my dad was a nut. He was, all, he, <laughs> but he was the like, leftist. My father was a leftist. Like he's like being running around, the, you know, anarchist cookbook, happy as a pig and shit. But no, nice. my mother that's the very conservative Irish Catholic. And that's what I grew up with. And, uh, yeah, I grew up with, uh, uh, a very rigid Irish, Irish Catholic grandfather. Um, cause my parents got divorced and, uh, very Republican. I mean, uh, when he died right to life, like sent a handwritten letter to my grandmother because they did so much right to life work. Like that's how, like, you know, wow. like that was it, you know? So, um, I grew up with a lot of that, but it was always wrong to me, though. It always felt wrong. Uh, I never, 
you know, I was never, uh, I was, that's probably why I got beat, you know, it's because I just always never went with the flow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was raised Roman Catholic as well. Um, and in that s- type of environment, even if it's not in your face, patriarchy, white male power, it's subtle and there it's, you're surrounded by it. You're smothered by the subtle patriarchy. If you look at the front and in my Roman Catholic church and the multiple ones that I went to, it was always white and it was always boys and men always. I mean, that messaging right there says everything you need to say, right? And you're praying to a God that has now been whitewashed. So you're supposed to see this almighty male that tells us how to be. And, and that's where all, you know, God fearing. It's like insanity. And I didn't get it either, Savon. I was with you. I was like, yeah, I'm not really jiving with this at all. Yeah, they're not yeah. like Tom's oldest brother. Guy's off his rocker, like totally nuts. And uh, he's got 10 kids. We call him Jesus John and his kids are the two. <laughs> And it's <laughs> everyone, Siobhan. <laughs> I think that that kinds of kind of brings us to like, you know, we're talking about origins of white women and how they came to be that way. And then like what Amy and Siobhan are referencing and probably what Mandy has experienced as well. And what I experienced as a young child with, I mean, my parents are QAnon now. So that tells you everything you need to know about oh, my parents. We don't, ouch. we don't talk. Yeah. It's fine. I don't, I, that's fine. They live the fantastic life. Whatever. It's cool. I'm pretty sure they both have Alzheimer's, whatever. I don't know. So <laughs> that's Trump's old base is ignorance. Go for it, mom and dad. Yeah. Um, I can't help them if they're voluntarily ignorant. But so when we get into origins and we get into generational stuff, like Amy and Siobhan and, you know, and. Mandy, you've all in your TikToks talk about breaking those chains. And we heard a little voice inside of us that didn't seem, that didn't seem right to us. And so how can we set the example now? Like, what do white women need to be doing better? These all seem like really dumb questions, but we're going to ask them. What do white women need to be doing better? How can we combat the powers that be? What would we like to see going forward? How can we teach others to look outside the scope of their privilege and see the bigger picture. Because when I talk to white women about this, they always want to talk about, well, this is how it affects me. Well, this is how I I would feel if it was me. And so need to break that barrier and really try to see things from other people's perspectives. And we're never going to know what it's like to actually be a native woman, a black woman, a Hispanic woman. We're never going to be able to have that kind of perspective. So how do we you know, you know what I'm saying? How do we get there? I mean, Mandy, what do you think? Well, I mean, we can't, we can't be quiet. I mean, yeah. we, we can't, we can't back off. Uh, I was getting my hair done right before the midterm and I heard a woman just complaining, well, I never know what to believe. Well, first of all, anytime you're seeing ads politically, they're ads, they're meant to sell you. You don't trust those. And believe it or not, Google doesn't require a subscription. So I felt empowered in that moment to very you know, assertively let her know, hey, if you want any information, I can tell you right now, here's what, here's, here's what's going on. Like, you know, and I discussed Wisconsin in the 1849 abortion law and how it was before women even had a vote. So why should those men be dictating what happens now? And I took a chance. It could have gone south. It could have been a fight. It could have been a lot of things. Um, but she was, you know, polite Midwesterner and didn't argue with me. But she, you know, I'd like to believe she took that information before the election and hopefully was able to do it 
uh, and vote in our own best interest. Um, but first and foremost, we have to not be quiet and we have to live the example. So if we catch ourselves, you know, living in our internalized, using our internalized misogyny, using the patriarchy to our advantage, ask yourself why. Ask yourself, what does this mean for other people? Ask yourself, is this going to harm other people? One example that made me just fucking angry this week was when my daughter informed me, and I haven't figured out exactly how I'm going to address this yet. You're about to tell me something that's going to make me mad. I'm so mad. I, can... I know. I'm already mad. <laughs> Her teacher in driver's ed, and we are in an all-white district. It's really an all-white, very Republican area, uh, told the girls, if you get pulled over, just cry. Nope. Um, White woman tears. That's why there's a name for it. And I said, women, I'm like, no, die. I have died because of white women tears. Do not tell 16 year old girls that if you get pulled over by the police, just cry. Immediately. No. The fuck. Well, you know, like you talk Um, about leading by example and we have to live the example and you know providing women with information and hoping they do what they can do with it and you also talk about how we have to when i unlearned all of my misogyny and all my racism i found myself constantly have to questioning my own thoughts and so that is exhausting but even better than that like siobhan you've had your kids in your tiktoks at times and like they're cussing they're doing things and you're like you're having real life conversations with them i mean and what would you say is the way to not only work on yourself but also teach your children I'm just really honest with my kids. I mean, honest, age appropriately honest. Um, sure. But I don't lie to them. And, you know, and it's important that, you know, as white women raise our children to be number one, okay with the word no. And number two, be able to say sorry, fucking mean it, and actually be accountable for your actions and recognize how your actions hurt another human being. And it's simple empathy. And, um, I think we like, honestly, as white women, our job as raising white humans is number one, number one to instill that accountability uh, from the get go. Absolutely. And, and that's something that um, I try to do with my kids. And, you know, they lie. They're, they're little kids. You know, they, they like, (laughs) I tell you that that changes when they become teenagers, but um, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> my daughter is a raging feminist. Like she took me and like tripled it. And um, for me, it's about teaching my boys uh, accountability and the saying you're sorry and meaning it is a big one because an I'm sorry, but is not an I'm sorry. Uh, and the gaslighting in young men will start early. They will, they will start with their moms and they will, they will, they will work, try to work you over um god i know i had a 16 year old boy who lives with his dad now because of, no but yeah no one thing i've learned is when apologizing it's it's hard to say because you want to like try to maybe not excuse the ba- behavior but give an explanation for it and one thing i learned recently is that it's it is usually acceptable to say i'm sorry i'll work on that because mm-hmm. that's honest absolutely. you know absolutely yeah. like this morning with my son I don't remember exactly what it was, but you're talking about gaslighting. Like he'll, he'll, he'll do it. He's actually, he's very good at it and I can see it and it's bullshit. 
And I called him on it this morning in the kitchen and he tried to, you know, gaslight his way out of gaslighting me. And I said, <laughs> Evan, you are a white male. Stop acting like this. It's dangerous. And he's 10 and he understands the gravity of it because it actually hurt his feelings when I said it. Yeah. Because stands. And I said, buddy, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I said, I'm trying to make you aware that your actions are dangerous. And as you get older, those grow exponentially. And the responsibility with that is really very intense. And you got to be ready for that. So you can't be gaslighting people. Yeah. And he understands, you know, and people just need to start treating their kids as if they're actual small humans and not an extension of themselves. And um, I think that's where uh, a lot of change comes from too, you know, is this narcissistic codependent relationship that's um, instilled in like, that's a normal marriage, you know, with white women and white men. And that is not, that is not healthy. That's not normal. And we need to stop telling our daughters and our sons that it is and that it's okay. Cause it's not. Yeah. And I love the word used awareness i think that's key right there and I, I totally agree i am the same way with my children they age appropriate but they literally know that it's an open door if they have any questions i think communication is key but i really think calling it out in the moment just like you did and that type of awareness because i think sometimes it's just very easy especially for kids 9 10 12 you know the preteens and the teens it's really easy to tap into privilege if you have it right in front of you, right? I mean, it's, it's right there. So why wouldn't I take advantage of this privilege that I automatically have? Because I'm not really aware. I just know that it works to my advantage, like gaslighting, like you name it. And so I, I love the words that you use, Savon, in terms of awareness. I think that's, that's kind of key. And in that moment saying, ah, that's what you're doing. This is it right here. And this is what you don't want to do. Because our kids, for the most part, they love us. They want to impress their parents. You know, they, my son would be torn apart if I said something to the effect of, um, I, I can't trust you or, you know, that would be really hurtful for my son. He wants me to be proud of him, obviously. And so, yeah, just the awareness in that moment and, and saying, calling it out. I think then that little voice in their head as they do grow and mature and as they're around other groups of people, we're equipping them with those tools so that those little voices and they could say to themselves, oh, I, I, my mom would call me on this and this, I'm doing it again, you know, and I just, I think that's great. So these are all really excellent points that we've exchanged today. Um, I'm, it never ceases to amaze me women's brilliance, to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> if you've done the right work, not every white woman, not every woman is, you know, setting a great example here. But I would like to say that I think that the people that are here today are providing really good explanations for why you can't excuse your own bullshit as a white woman. And um, you do need to uh every white woman has the responsibility to try and change you know the set of our future for the better of all of humanity and so with that do any of you um we'll start with Siobhan have any closing points that you'd like to add about white women in the patriarchy do you just want to like yell at some bitches what do you want to do <laughs> I mean you know it's like I did I did like for quite a while like want yell at some bitches and um I mean I could too I do have some notes here to do that <laughs> but I can say I'll joke aside um it's really important that when we have these conversations that the white women that are listening that are going well not all women and they feel as though that they are um 
they are doing their part, you know, to be anti-racist, uh, anti-patriarchy, you know. I think it's really important that um, when you think you're being an ally is what makes you anti-racist and that absolves you of your sins. Um, when Black women say do the work, what they're talking about is recognizing the deep, dark roots. And um, we're born, white women, and white women are born and bred to be compliant. And because of that, it is very deep-seated. And um, when you start doing the work and you start to decolonize and you start to break down that generational trauma and all those horrific things that you know your parents grew up with and what they put you through and what you grew up with. And when you, when you realize that through all this trauma and everything, you're still on top. The only reason you're there, the only reason you're there is because of, because of white supremacy. And it's okay to be wrong and it's okay to recognize that we have hurt people and that everything that the four of us are saying, whether or not you want to perceive it in that way, it is out of love because we care and we are angry because we love humanity. We love our children. We love your children. We love, you know, the world. And, and so we're angry because we're hurt because we love you and we're angry with you because you're not doing the work and it's, we're running out of time here. We're running out of time. So um, this isn't a personal attack on you. This is those of us that are waking up and getting there. It's really important that you understand that it's not about you and it never has been. And it's okay it's okay that it's not about you because everything in white supremacy is about you and everything is going wrong. So obviously that's not working. We white women need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and it's about giving people a seat at the table that haven't been there before. Exactly. We need Mandy to move on and give some, we need to give space to everyone else. We've had it long enough. Mandy, what are your closing thoughts? You know, I think historically the argument against women having equal rights has been, well, the fear of change, right? The fear of losing that power, you know, live in that fear, explore that fear. It's okay to be afraid of that, but then move past that. I think it is, it is a lot of women that I know anyway, have, they get to a point where suddenly they start to like have an aha moment. They start to sort of see oh shit, <laughs> like I didn't recognize that. And unfortunately for a lot of white women in my experience, it takes a personal experience to get there. And now we're seeing since Roe v. Wade and everything else, like never before women suddenly have these, oh fuck moments. Like this is starting to impact me. White women in particular, things like IVF, like they thought they were so safe and secure. And now it's even that's on the table. Like don't let it take something happening before you start to see it. Listen to other people's stories. Recognize that you don't have to be the most important person in the room. And 
And the only reason, to your point, Siobhan, the only reason you are is built in white supremacy and the patriarchy. You wouldn't otherwise be the most important person in the room, and you shouldn't be. Um, I, you know, I would much rather be the least important person and learn from those around me. Um, so, you know, I, I get angry every election cycle when we see the numbers. I get angry every time I see protesters, you know, the, the pro-force birthers, and, and I get angry but we just have to keep at it. You know, I, there was one of the arguments made against suffrage was, well, if women get the right to vote, what's it gonna matter? Most women don't want to. And if they do, they're either just gonna vote the same as their husband or they're going to annul their husband's vote. Well, God damn it, go annul your husband's fucking vote. Just do it because <laughs> your husband's vote is not in your best interest. It never was and it never will be. Uh, and if I could call some bitches out, yeah, fuck off Marjorie Taylor Greene. Like, really? Get something that a lot of because uh, I live near the reservation a lot of I have a lot of interaction with native people in my area and they say and Aunt Kaylee if anybody follows her on TikTok uh, white women need to sit down shut up and listen and boy that really just if that doesn't say it right there I mean that's the truth we need to stop doing this look at me and start looking at other people and saying okay I mean, Amy, what what are your closing thoughts? Well, I would just say, just to add to everyone's points, which are, of course, brilliant. And, and Mandy, bringing up the fact that, um, you know, the, the patriarchy has made it so that we don't have an alliance with one another. They enjoy seeing the racism between women and white women, you know, n- not wanting black women to sit at the table and vice versa. They love the separation, the segregation that still exists, and they feed into that, whether subtle or not because women are a larger number. And once women realize that we are actually all in this together, even though we have different experiences, but when it comes down to the patriarchy, and again, going along with what Mandy was saying in terms of our focus, they're trying to distract, distract, distract. And while we continue this interfighting, which breaks all the way down, look at the LGBTQIA group, um, there's inner fighting within our group as well, a group in which I identify. And it drives me crazy. It just makes me crazy. And so they want it that way. And as long as we allow them to keep us separated and fighting and distracted, they will continue to, the patriarchy will continue to flourish. And and that's exactly, as soon as we break these walls down, and I think with Roe v. Wade crashing around us, a lot of white women were like, whoa, and black women were like, we told you all along. Forever, yeah. And they've been doing this to us since the beginning of time. You know, wake up. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think that had a, good if anything good came out of that you know if if i could find a positive somewhere uh at least it opened up a lot of white women's eyes to holy shit they could rip our rights right from us and that's sometimes what it takes unfortunately but you know here we are and and i see improvements and i see it getting better we just we have got to continue to drudge forward uh as painful as it is some days I mean, my closing thoughts are that you need to divorce your Republican husband. And when I tell you that I could never go back, I mean, once that seed was planted in me and I really started doing the hard work, I can never go back. And I'm better than I ever been. Okay, bitches at home. So you better just get on that shit and just come to Jesus with it, metaphorically, and uh, get over yourselves is what needs to happen. Um, So uh siobhan where can people find i mean i want to thank you for coming on today and where can people find you at or what do you want to plug well i'm uh i'm on tiktok 
running with scissors. That's me. My Facebook and Instagram got hacked by somebody in Thailand, so I haven't had control. Oh, yikes. Yeah, follow her shit. She's good. She's good for, I mean, you wake up in the morning, you're looking for a good laugh and also a little bit of historical insight. Siobhan's the person for you. Um, Just all real, all day long. And then Mandy, where can they find you or what do you want to plug? Uh, You can find me on TikTok and Instagram. Um, I'm also on Twitter and I'm sort of dabbling in YouTube, but you're not going to find a lot there. So definitely TikTok and Twitter. I make men mad a lot. Yeah. That's why we love you guys. (laughs) I'm not going to stop. But But, yeah, I mean, that's our show. Um, Join us next time when we talk about why we'd sooner hire a drag queen than we would a church pastor to babysit our kids. And uh, and (laughs) until then, remember, Doug, women don't owe you shit. Thanks for listening, Doug. Die mad about it.